evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to be with you. It's good to have the 7th through 9th graders with us this evening. Our worship has been heightened, excited, and uh, we're just really, really glad that you're here. I want to uh, give you guys especially a little bit of a clue as to what we've been talking about yesterday and today here in this room so you kind of know what we've been talking about. We have been talking about the Holy Spirit a lot. Um, we're talking about the Holy Spirit all weekend. And this morning in small group, we talked about trying to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and trying to figure out what happens when you can't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit or in language that you maybe have heard in other words, um, kind of when you're trying to feel Jesus, but you can't feel Jesus. Um, when we're in a room like this, and we've had the last hour that we have had, especially with the worship that we've had, I don't know about you, but for me, it's easier to feel Jesus, and it's easier to feel the Holy Spirit when I'm with a whole bunch of people that I know love Jesus and are trying to find the Holy Spirit better, are trying to listen to him and who love God. And when our voices join together to worship, um, that's something that's pretty remarkable, and it's easier to find that voice. But I would bet that everyone in the room, not just a 7th, 8th, or ninth grader, when they're back at home like a normal time, it's sometimes harder to find the voice of the Holy Spirit. So my group today, we're talking about who in your life helps you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like, who is one of your really good friends who you like to talk to when something amazing happens or something awesome happens? And we talked about there sometimes needing to be like a whole village of people to help you figure out who God is, who the Holy Spirit is, who Jesus is. Um, and we just talked about people who help us in that way. And this is part of the truth of what we're talking about tonight. There is strength. We are stronger when we are many instead of just one by ourselves. And just a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to see a movie that talked about that, that you might think, oh, that's an interesting movie to talk about when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. But Finn and I went to see Ant-Man a few Fridays ago. <laughs> Okay, has anyone seen Ant-Man? Just a raise of hands. Um, it's a poor showing, I must say. It's an epic movie, and you're going to want to go see it, Ant-Man. Um, near the end of Ant-Man, uh, Ant-Man is trying to defeat another, I won't call him a super hero, because he's a super villain, and his name is Yellow Jacket. And Yellow Jacket has all these like newfangled things that can hurt Ant-Man and shoot him up and do all this stuff. But Ant-Man has a secret weapon that Yellow Jacket don't know about, okay? Does anybody know what the secret weapon? Oh, you know, and I like that you know. You're so right, it scares me. I want you to stand up, turn around, and just say it a little bit louder so everyone... That if you control Okay, sit down. You're great. You did great. <laughs> Ant-Man has ants, okay? You might think I'm crazy. I don't care if you think I'm crazy. 
Ant-Man controls all these ants that do things for him all over the place, and they take Yellow Jacket down, okay? My point is, is that Ant-Man has a bunch of people behind him ready to do whatever Ant-Man needs to do to take Yellow Jacket, the bad guy, down. And it's not too much of a stretch to say that when you are in trouble, when I am in trouble, when we are in trouble, you have brothers and sisters here in this room who will help you, who will help you say, you're not doing this right. Or even if you're not doing this right, I love you no matter what. Because all of us have been in times, and you might even be in a time right now, where it's been difficult to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You might be in murky waters and wondering, where are you, God? And sometimes when we're having trouble listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, it leads us to doubt. And it leads us to say, I don't know what I believe. I don't even know if I believe. And if you talk to your parents or if you talk in small group, it's my bet and, and we might have just a superhero Christian among us who's never had a doubt, but my guess is that in the room, there's no one. And if you are that person, I want to talk to you. Um, in my job as a pastor, I'm a children, youth, and family pastor at the church we're at right now. I have the opportunity every spring to talk to a bunch of our ninth graders who are about to get confirmed, and they come in and have what's called a faith statement interview with me or our high school director or our middle school director or our children's director, and we just get to have a conversation with them about faith. Now, to be honest with you, some of the ninth graders are like, like really nervous about it. Do you see what my knees are doing? They're kind of freaking out because they think it's gonna be like really scary, and it's not meant to be scary at all. It's meant to be this time where we just ask questions about like, where's God in your life? What's God doing in your life? What do you believe? But here's one of my favorite questions that I asked this year of our ninth graders who were about to get confirmed just a few weeks later. I asked them this question, what is something that you still have a question about? What is something that you find hard to believe? What is something that you doubt? Now, what I loved is this was one of my favorite interview questions because the ninth grade students really showed up in their answers. What I mean by that is they took it seriously and I was giving them a space to say, oh, I don't know if I believe this. I don't know if I believe that. Here are some of the things that the ninth graders asked me. And when they showed up, they were real, they were authentic, and they were vulnerable. They brought their real selves to me, and for that, I gave them just huge, huge accolades. I thought that was so great. They asked questions like this. How do I reconcile the creation story and science, what I hear at school? That was one question. Here was another question. Why does bad stuff happen? Here was another one. Why do people kill people? Because if you've been around the last few months, there's been some insane killing happening in our country and in our world. And they had questions about it. And it doesn't make sense. Here's another one. Did Jonah really get swallowed up by a whale and regurgitated three days later alive? 
That was a doubt that someone had. Can we talk about that? And so then we talked about it, and it was awesome. Because when you have a question, when you have a doubt, when you're really, really thinking, do you know what you're doing? You're using the awesome brain that God gave you. And your parents, we have been bringing you to this place, to Family Fest, to teach you about the amazing, amazing God that we serve. But you are at an amazing point in your journey because you're in this sort of transition where you get to come, but uh, guess what you get to do in the next 18 months? Have any of you who are in seventh through ninth grade figured out something that you get to do in the next 18 months here at Family Fest? Has anyone figured it out? Anyone know what you guys get to do in like nine to 18 months here at Family Fest? You get to do something that you've been waiting to do for a long time. Yell it out. Yes! You get to be a KC if you want, if you are in ninth grade right now in the next 18 months. And you only do that when you say, yes, I want to do that. And when you get your medical form in. <laughs> that is the only time that you're gonna get to be a KC. When you say yes, to KCing, when you say yes to Jesus, and when you get that medical form in. It is super important. I am doing some work right now for Barb Harmon. Just get it in. All right. I went off on a tangent there. And I sometimes do that. But we all at some point have had doubt, doubts about God, doubts about people that we walk through life with. Some of us have had self-doubt, wondering, God, am I really good enough to do this or that? And sometimes we get sucked into a story that tells us we're not good enough. Or we get sucked into a story that says, oh, you remember when you screwed up that time? I bet, I bet you're going to screw up again. I am here to tell you right now that that story that you hear, that voice you hear, is not the voice of the Holy Spirit. It is something else. It's the devil trying to mess with you. And you have power. You have power to Fight him to say, devil, I don't think so today. You have the power to say, no, that's not going to happen. You have the power in you, a Holy Spirit power, to say yes to another story. But make no mistake, you are going to do some wrestling as you go. And I have a belief about wrestling and about doubt, and it is this. I think sometimes we think that doubt and wrestling, and I am talking to all of us now. I have been the whole time, actually. But I believe that doubt does not get us further and further away from God. I believe that doubt has the power to get us closer and closer to God. Because when we bring our doubts, when we're honest with God and we say, I'm not sure about this, when we get down on our knees 
when we have stuff come at us that makes us wonder what's going on, when we hear some bad news, when we hear about a friend who is doing stuff to themselves that they shouldn't be doing, and our heart aches, when a whole bunch of stuff like that happens, it can sometimes fill us with doubt. You maybe have had a really good friend betray you, just walk out on you. One of the hardest things that I've ever had to deal with is I had a best friend in seventh grade named Jim. And in eighth grade, he just dropped me like third period French. Like, I've never talked to Jim since. Like, it was rough and tough for like quite a few months. I still to this day kind of want to call Jim and be like, what happened? But I'm in my 40s now and that just seems strange, so I don't. <laughs> but I am telling you two things when I say that. I'm saying I get that when someone just drops you, that hurts so much. And secondly, I'm telling everyone in the room, don't do that, ever. Um, because it hurts too much, I'm telling you about it like 30 years later. I still remember it. Sometimes we can be filled with doubt and we can wonder, where is God? And sometimes we doubt even if God is there at all. And sometimes we doubt, is God even good? It is at those times when I believe we can do something called doubting well. And all I mean by doubting well is mean acknowledging that you're in doubt, saying, I don't know about this right now, God, because God already knows that you're doubting. God already knows where you are. God already knows what you're thinking because God knows every single hair on your head. He knows, Maria, that you have 10,480 and he knows, Mary Claire, that you have 15,228. I know that's so insane, and he knows that I have 3,000. <laughs> he seriously knows us that well. So even when you are thinking your darkest thoughts, even when you are sinning your most sinful things, even when you're doubting your biggest doubts, God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are right there with you, arms open, hands open, saying, I'm here, give it to me. I find incredible, incredible peace in that truth because the God of the universe, the not fully knowable, the Emmanuel, God with us, God, God knows you. And I would argue that when you doubt well, when you're like, I've got a question about this, we're actually engaging quite dramatically with God. We are getting closer to God. When we bring God our questions and say, help me with this, and God sends you amazing people that you can actually talk to, and some of them are in the room right now. 
I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that your parents who are here in the room with you, or if they're not in the room with you, they love it when you come to them and have a question. Can we talk about God? Just think if you went to your parents tonight or like sometime next week and said, Mom, could we talk about God? I'm telling you, you'd get a pretty good answer. You're not going to get a, I don't think so. (laughs) It's going to happen. Um, The whole time that I've been speaking yesterday and today, I've told a story, and the story that I'm going to tell tonight um, is a story where I had serious, serious, serious doubts. And I want to be very clear with everyone, just for me personally, I never doubted in God. I never doubted that God was there. Here's what I did doubt, and I'm going to be super honest with you right now. I doubted that God wanted what was best for me because it sure didn't feel like he did. I'm just telling you how it felt. I'm telling you also right now, 10 years later, that that's not true, but that is how it felt. And I want to be honest with you about how it felt. 10 years ago, um, some of you know, and probably most of you don't, I suffer from migraine headaches. And they are way, way, way better now. Ten years ago, they were so bad that I had one pretty much every day. For like, I was in a zone where it was just a headache every day. And the only reason I didn't have to go on disability from my job at CPC was because on a scale of zero to ten, my headaches were never a ten, they were a seven. Seven's pretty bad, but it happened every day. And so I just kept plugging away at it, and I had a migraine every day. Two other things were happening at that same time. Our daughter Sullivan seemed to be on her own timetable with God. We had been trying to get pregnant for a good three years, and it just was not happening. I know factually that there are people in the room who go through that same struggle. Finn, you were pretty easy. Sully was not, and it was hard. We asked God a lot of questions. Why is this happening right now? The third thing that happened was I, we kind of left, we kind of left this morning, me being at CPC in 2001. This is now about 2004, 2005. I was really struggling with work at Christ Presbyterian. I was having a lot of self-doubt and I was hearing voices that told me I couldn't do the job that I was supposed to be doing. And I'm here to tell you 10 years later, that wasn't true. I had everything I needed to be able to do the job, but I was starting to listen to voices that were not helpful for me. And I started to believe, you know what? You're not good enough, Kyle. You can't do it. This job's too big for you, and you have headaches all the time anyway. I said all this stuff just going around in my head, and it was so hard. And I am going to be really honest with you, I started to get really mad at God because I thought it was his fault. What are you doing? Do you see me here? I am trying to like work for you, and you're not helping at all. And for a while, I just was like, he's not there. He's not there. And my favorite Psalm is Psalm 139. 
And I love it because it talks about God knowing me so well, God knowing you so well. It says he'll take care of you. It says that he sort of like hems you in. It means he like puts a fence around you and he makes sure that you're okay. It says that God knows my thoughts before I even know them. And the words to that psalm just felt hollow and not true. So I got angry and I yelled a lot at God. And it took a friend who is in this room. I'm going to say her name again. It was Barb. She said, Kyle, you're praying. I don't even know if she remembers saying that to me. But she said, you're praying right now. Like, what are you talking about? She said, when you're that angry with God, you're praying. And I've never, ever forgotten it. When we are so angry that we have nothing else to say, and we kind of talked about this morning, sometimes we have no words, the Holy Spirit comes in and can wrap us in a blanket. And I needed to do that. I needed to be angry with God. So sometimes... Prayer looks like a calm, easy lake. Sometimes prayer looks like flowery, beautiful, lofty words. And sometimes prayer looks like a dark shouting match where you wrestle with God. Just read the Psalms. The Psalms are amazing. They are the human experience. You've got Psalm 88 which is just basically shouting at God. It is the one psalm that can't even bring itself to praise the Lord because every psalm praises the Lord except Psalm 88. That's a tough psalm, but I get it. Then there are other psalms that are like, I lift up my eyes to the hills and you help me, God. You help me. There are going to be people when you have doubts or if you have doubts right now who are going to help you every single step of the way. I couldn't have gotten through the time without those people and I could not have gotten through that time without Megan. There's no way. Because she was going through so much of it with me. And there was a huge part of it where we were really going through it together. And we waited and we waited and then something amazing happened. Sully came. And it was pretty awesome. And I gotta tell you, Sully came Things started to get better at work. Oh, man, my migraines did not turn on a dime, though. It, it took a while. It wasn't, like, all the same time. But then, seriously, one March, like, five years ago, they just got better. I tried all these things, and they just got better. So, when we are at 
our darkest, and when we are wrestling, God does show up, even when we can't feel God. The Holy Spirit does speak to us. There is an amazing, amazing story. We talked about the story of Jacob this morning. And the, Jacob's family is amazing because um, they're some of the heroes of our faith, but then they keep screwing up too, which some of the best part of the heroes of the Bible is that they are so much like us. They do amazing things, but then they do things where you scratch your head and they like really sin and they're like, wow, they're, they do things worse than I've ever done. And for me, it helps me realize like they're just real people. One of Jacob's sons was Joseph. And I'm not gonna tell you the whole story because if you've seen Joseph's amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, you have really heard a lot about the story. But part of the story of Joseph, Jacob's son, is some of his other sons are jealous of Joseph and they sell him into slavery into Egypt. And that's bad, obviously. However, Joseph is super smart and through a series of many events, Joseph saves a whole generation of people because he's super smart with agriculture, farming, and a whole bunch of people are saved from famine. And this is a verse that I want to share with you that happens at the very end of Genesis. Genesis is 50 chapters long. And if a student ever comes and asks me, how should I start reading the Bible? I always tell them two things. I tell them, start with the Gospel of Mark. It's 16 chapters long. But then I also say, if you want to see the most amazing, unbelievable story you've ever read, read 50 chapters of Genesis. Because it reads like a novel and crazy stuff happens in it. And you'll notice a lot of the stories because there's some Sunday school stuff in there. But the very, very end of Genesis says this. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. What that tells me is God works through anything. And I want to be really clear with you right now. I didn't say and I don't believe that God causes bad things to happen. What I do want to hear what I do want you to hear me say is whatever happens to us, God has the ability to work through it. God has the ability to help us through anything, even a really crappy situation. God is there and will help us. When we are suffering, amazing, amazing things can happen. And I don't mean to make light of it, but this last verse I'm going to share with you comes from Romans 5, verse 4. Not only so, but we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray. Holy and gracious God, we give you great thanks. We thank you that you send us people to come alongside of us, 
to help us when we're wondering, to help us when we're doubting, to help us figure things out when we don't know what to say. I pray for every person in this room, but I especially pray for every student in this room that you would come to them, that your Holy Spirit would wash over them, that they could feel you, that you would be in their doubts, that you would be in their excitement. And Lord Jesus, that they would say yes to you. I ask that you would be with us in your small groups. Give us ears to hear other people. Help us listen well and to share the deepest parts of each of our hearts. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.